Uh, you know what else I got? I got one of those, um, those like, uh, essential like oil mist. I have one of those and they're amazing. Yeah, they're so cool. The whole house smells great and I'm like super chill and See, that's, now, that's a kind of like 30 year old gift. I'm gonna say now this for. is the 30 year old conversation we're talking about. It's just like, yo, I got like an air mystifier. <laughs> Man, can you imagine like 16 year old that's talking about, yo, I got this air mist. <laughs> What's up, bros? What up, bros? Ow, welcome to Bro Meets World. What up, Bro Meets World? Your Boy Meets World fan cast. Um, I'm Siege. And I'm Tony Curtis. And we are here again for the holiday season. Yeah. Today is actually two days after Christmas 2017. So uh, we're feeling pretty Christmassy still, right? Yeah, it's still pretty Christmassy. I mean, like, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I think it's better, too, that we reviewed this episode during the Christmas time, um, just because there's a lot of things in here that... Uh, I don't know. What do you think of this episode? Well, no. So I, I was interested to see what you thought of it because we've been disagreeing lately. And I thought, like, I personally wasn't, like, in love with this episode. But just I watched so many Christmas movies with my mom who apparently yeah. like a Hallmark Christmas movie. And that's, and that's what I think <laughs> it is, is that I feel like this episode – like, if they just tweaked, like, a few things, could have been a great episode. It's not yeah. that it was bad. Yeah. It's just that, like, they had the opportunity to do something really cool about it, and it was just, uh, I don't know. To me, it kind of jumps, too. Like, it makes a lot of, I don't, like, I don't know, I feel like now it would have been made into, like, an hour-long special. Or, I don't... <laughs> Let's, yeah, let's get into this. Okay. I, I right. <laughs> so, all right. Um, we are going to talk about this episode, which this episode is episode 10 of season one, Santa's Little Helper. Um, and the tell me about it of this episode is Corey discovers the spirit of giving is more important than presence. Which, where, where are you at with that? Um, I think that's accurate i would have gone with i think minka says the line um that uh it's not the gift that matters it's the meaning behind it i think that would have been a more something closer to that would have been better yeah i like it's just like it's weird because i don't know whenever they assign Corey discovers it's like a like did he though you know i don't know it's just like <laughs> in a roundabout way maybe yeah Corey's discovering things left and right in these hulu descriptions but i just don't <laughs> think he's discovering exactly <laughs> okay so let's get into the episode so right off the back we uh open our opening scene is a feeny reading a christmas carol to the children Yes, this is actually something that, and I'm going to put a quarter in the spoiler jar. <laughs> um, this is a tradition, um, and they actually reference this in other episodes, but um, I think in one season, um, in multiple seasons, uh, Feeney reads a Christmas carol in the Christmas episode. Really? Yeah, like I think in, like, you'll see, like, uh, the epilogue of a Christmas episode, um, like, the Topanga Christmas episode where she goes all the way to Vermont for syrup. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it ends with Feeney reading a Christmas carol to everyone as they fall asleep. And he's like, you know, God bless us, everyone, and, and the whole thing. So this is something that they carry on from year to year, uh, the Christmas carol thing. Well, see, that's so weird because there's so many other – I mean, I guess, like, the Christmas carol is, like, a um, – 
at this point in time a a universal theme. So I don't think it's that. I think just Michael Jacobs digs a Christmas carol. Well, see, that's what I was going to say. I was like, (laughs) is he just like uh, really into this, and like that's his family tradition? I think that to Michael Jacobs, Feeney in a cardigan reading a Christmas carol near a fireplace is Christmas to him. And I think that's what this is all about. All right. So, yeah, you know, honestly, I, I'm not going to disagree with it. Uh, I feel like there are just so many other ways <clears throat> that we've seen Christmas be done now. Um, I actually completely <laughs> side note, but I really have started watching uh, Luda Christmas from 30 Rock as my Christmas Carol tradition. So... <laughs> Luda Christmas. I, you know, what's my Christmas tradition episode is the, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, the Always Sunny Christmas episode where Dan DeVito comes out the couch yes. naked. <laughs> That's, I'm all about that. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, we all have our traditions and if this is what um, Michael Jackson, Jacobs wants, then I, I, I guess this is what we get. This is what we get. <laughs> All right. So, but like, here's the thing. I will say it's uh, it's kind of expands on that universe of characters in a TV show knowing other points of media because, like, when they're reading the Christmas Carol, the boys confuse it for the Grinch, and like, you know, they're like mixing up all of this. I, th- uh, that, I think the problem with the Christmas Carol is that the book doesn't correspond with this theme of the episode as well that was my thing i was like looking for it and i was like all right where's the parallel because usually they have like a parallel of some sort with the book or the assignment because uh, i borderline think the grinch would be a better symbolism of the story they're trying to tell yeah i mean i guess you could kind of say that see for me i was thinking uh what's that one um jingle all the way no. <laughs> no, 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 that is fantastic. No, it's That's like um, Gift of the Magi. Gift of the Magi. You know, I've never, I've never seen Gift of the Magi. Dude, we read Gift of the Magi. It was like a an assignment I know from high school. I skipped that then. I skipped the one <laughs> in high school, though. Uh, but I'm just, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just, it's, yeah, it, the gift of the Magi is uh, this story about this couple who uh, they kind of sacrifice something that's important to them to get the other person a Christmas present. And they do it at the same time. So it kind of like cancels each gift out. But the whole point is, you know, it's the thought that counts. And that's, you know, they both knew that this thing was so important to each other. And that's why they did it. Um, and that's kind of where, again, I feel like this storyline is a little bit more in that vein. But I don't understand why they needed to read the Christmas Carol at all. If, if I think it's only there to tell us that it's Christmas time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there you go. So there, now we automatically have a reason for it. But I do love that they they continue this joke of like, why is it called a Christmas Carol? No one is named Carolyn. So all right, then with this outburst, Feeney's like, Miss Lawrence, change places with Mister Matthews, and I like this because it's that teacher who's just like, you know what? I don't even know why you two are sitting next together. Which, to be fair, he should have did a while ago. Sitting them together is just insane at this point. Yeah, it's like I said, it seems like he's asking for trouble. I can't imagine this is the first time he's had to separate them either. Exactly. But I think this is like one of the few times we actually see it. Anyway. You know, I, I love Corey and Sean in this episode. Yeah, they're like, actually they're, really good. They're great. They're, this is a really good uh, dynamic. Uh, well, Ryder and Ben, I should say, are great. I don't necessarily agree with a lot of the choices that Corey and Sean make in this episode, but 
I think Ryder and Ben do a great job. Well, yeah, they sell it. And then also, whether or not you agree with them, they, to me, they make pretty childlike decisions. Um, so it's understandable. Sure, sure. Okay, so um, <laughs> this is where we get a little bit of Topanga being weird. And she, uh, instead of changing places, she goes, I'm an hyperactive, underachieving 11-year-old boy. Which I was like, damn. <laughs> this isn't this isn't a real child at this point but like just, the whole like hey miss lawrence will you change places and then she tries to do it psychoactively i was like oh she's not a real girl she, this is this isn't a real thing yeah this is definitely comedy writing but still for her to just call him an underachieving 11 year old boy oh oh you know what i thought you were talk commenting on the brain transfer thing i didn't even hit that you were referencing the fact that she's dogging him out for being yeah exactly like in front of him <laughs> in front of the class <laughs> feeney uh then replies that um he's less worried about uh cory and sean's review of the book and more concerned with their understanding um and he asked what was dickens trying to express and this is what's really important to me is because they never really answer it and then we're supposed to get meaning from it later in the episode no what's dickens trying to express I don't think it has anything to do with giving gifts. I mean, Dickens talks about just being a kind person and, you know, hey, we all know the story of the Christmas Carol. We all know Scrooge. He's a dick. He decides to not be a dick anymore and he doesn't die somehow. Yeah, um, it says if you're a butthead, uh, neat ghost will take you cool places, which, by the way, is a great uh, sure. <laughs> theme song. Uh, uh. <laughs> you know, I, I, again, I'm listening to it. I'm not skipping it. It's just on in the background. It's, At this point in time, I will say I did listen to to it kind of like out of solidarity with you you know we're from orlando so i we know a lot of people that work at the theme parks and things like that and i've had people tell me that they can't hear it's a small world anymore because it drives them crazy um just because they've worked on the ride and have heard it over and over again this theme song does the same thing to me (laughs) and i I, I feel like I need to start skipping it because it's making me not like the show as much as I did before <laughs> I listened to it. I actually, so. I'm very, very selfishly want to do an experiment and see, like, just how far into the season you can go. Um, oh, no, 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 no. I told you I would stick it out. I'm going to do it simply based on principle. I, this is a dare I did myself. Okay. I like it. I, and I'll hold you to it. I mean, there's no Please. way for me to check, but still. Oh, no. I mean, you, my frustration should be... I mean, yeah, it it is a testimony unto itself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, in our scene after the theme song, uh, we're in the cafeteria. Um, There is no third seat kid. There's no random, which I love. I love no third seat kid. Exactly. We just have we just have our our core group, and Corey is getting fish sticks, and uh, he's really excited, and he notices that uh, Sean brought his lunch. Um, and Corey questions why his mom made lunch when he knows that Sean likes fish sticks. Um, CJ, do you like fish sticks? Uh, I actually, I like fish sticks. I mean, like, here's the thing. In LA, Are you a gay fish? They have fish. <laughs> Good for you. I like it. Um, South Park, have, it's not me. They have um, fish tacos here in LA. And um, very unlike my uh, sex life, I'm all about that fish taco. Yo, man, I, I tear up some fish tacos. They are I mean, legit here. I, yeah, I mean, I, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, 
this kind of starts like the Corey does notice that Sean, you know, is his mom made lunch and he he does question it, which, you know, kind of starts the ball rolling. But what what do you have some? We have some very big things happening here. So for the very first time, we are seeing Sean have a storyline that central. I would say this is his first like a storyline that he's like, it's just really mostly about him and Corey. Yeah, we because even like um, like the the hair thing, like he's just always been kind of a side character or he's had like B storylines like going fishing with Alan. But like for him to have like a front and center storyline, especially one that involves his home life is something we've never seen before. Um, And we find out more about his economic situation, which becomes such a key characteristic for this uh, for Sean. So, yeah, you know, what's really funny is I noticed it, too. This is where it all begins. I mean, like up until this point, Sean and Corey are equals. They're equal in personality. They're equals in social status. Uh, Up until this point, Sean and Corey are practically like you would assume they're the same um, kid, only from different families, you know? Well, here's the thing that I've noticed from watching the show up until this point is that Sean is always Corey's backup. When he doesn't understand anything else about the world, he knows that Sean gets it the same way he gets it. So, you know, with, with Topanga, he, you know, both of them feel the same way. With with Feeney, both of them feel the same way. With their parents, both of them feel the same way. So when they have a difference of opinion or anything that gets between them, that really shakes up Corey because he doesn't have that thing that he understands anymore. You're right. That's a, a, a great observation. Up until this point, Sean and Corey have pretty much agreed on everything, even in the episode where uh, Corey quote unquote cheats, he's still supported by Sean. Yeah, Sean. Sean is ride or die there the entire time, and this so. I mean, for this episode to kind of create a little rift between them, I really enjoyed. I think it's something, like I said, probably needed some work, but it's, it's still nice to see them shake up. Corey's foundation a little bit. Yeah, and we get uh, more fleshed out Sean from this. Um, And we see how Sean deals. This is kind of like the beginning of seeing how Sean deals with problems. Yeah, and I I mean, Christmas is a a tough time with money in general. Like, I can understand why this was chosen for uh, the Christmas episode. Um, It just makes sense, I think. Yeah, well, you know, also, I think the decision to have it be Sean um, says a lot because they could have they could have very easily brought in Third Seat Kid or, you know, made it to Panga because she's already weird. You know, he could have learned this lesson through anyone. Um, and as, um, as a wow. matter of fact, a lot of um, TV shows would have brought in like a special classmate. You know, sure, for us to sure. learn this lesson through. But I think in order for it to really hit home and in order for us to both develop the world and develop Corey, it had to be someone so close. Well, we did learn in the last episode that Sean's dad is a tire salesman. Yeah. So, I mean, we got that as far as their economic background. That's really all we know of Sean at this point. And that his um, mom, he has a mom and a sister at this point. Yeah. Well, at this point, he has a mom and a sister, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, tire salesman for his dad, um, it, it, was he pulling in big bucks? Is that what we're supposed to believe? Well, I mean, I don't know if we he was pulling in big 
sorry, I, we don't know if he was pulling in big bucks, but they were comfortable. Like it was clear again up until this point, Sean and Corey kind of like they wear similar clothes. They well, I'm just, I guess I'm time. trying to figure out because Sean had fish stick money like on deck for week after week after week, and this is the week <laughs> he doesn't have fish stick money. So that's what I'm saying. Like clearly, like whatever job that sean's dad had it wasn't there was never a point in Corey and sean's relationship where money became an issue until now exactly um and to kind of like rev up that issue minkus joins um and kind of just to let us know that it's christmas and he reminds us you know of uh of what season we're in and uh this is when they start talking about the kind of gifts that you get and Corey makes jokes about wool. Um, uh, no matter what the shape is, you know it's wool. Uh, which again, just on a side note, reminded me that as you get older, getting clothes as a gift just becomes that much better. Oh, I almost prefer it. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> you're like, oh this- yes, I don't have to go to the store. And if you like, what I did was I sent my mom exact links to things that i wanted so it's like a, get these shoes <laughs> oh my mom refuses to work with anything other than the amazon list now like it's <laughs> really it's really a push to get her to go elsewhere because she just wants that one list that she can just buy all and go i like it that's the way you do it now <laughs> but now anyway. with Corey, Corey talking about like oh it's the season of wool you know everything's wool we're also seeing Corey, his understanding of what a gift is. He's still complaining about gifts that are given to him, not understanding that there's a, something else that comes with a gift. It's the meaning behind it. Your parents want you to be warm so you don't get sick. It's obviously it's not something a kid would understand. But us watching it, we can see that like, wow, like Corey does have kind of a an off perception of what a gift is supposed to be uh, i don't know no i agree well i think that um cory is like standing for 11 year old child in general i mean because remember mingus is the one who goes it's the thought that counts and Topanga yeah. is like i agree but for the most part um we know that mingus is supposed to be more insightful and topanga has shown herself to be more aware so i think that this is showing that yeah there are other viewpoints out there but at this point in time and at this age almost every child is a little naive of to what the point of giving even is um because that whole um conversation about just like getting excited about what you think you're getting for Christmas, like that's a hundred percent real. Just like being in the cafeteria, like, oh, I'm gonna get this for Christmas, or I can't wait to get this, or I really want to ask Anna for this, or my mom, or whatever. It's just it's that for a kid is is the most exciting part, I think. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I think it's an accurate thing. Yeah, no. And and that's what I just wanted to reflect. I was like, this isn't I'm trying not to judge Corey too much when uh, we go through stuff like this because I'm like, this is pretty much how he should think. He hasn't had this lesson yet. And this first season is about him learning all of these lessons. No, I absolutely agree. I mean, the flaws that Corey has aren't necessarily flaws as much as they are just him being young and not knowing any better. And yet, um, as I watch this, I'm always reminded of how many adults need to be watching this. Uh, oh, totally. <laughs> totally. One, one thing I wanted to mention real fast is that uh, Topanga's like, you know, we lose sight of the true meaning of Christmas. And I was like, oh, are they about to jump into like a Jesus thing? And she goes, no, the true meaning of Christmas is the winter solstice. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, I mean, and the, even on that, that kind of, the Winter Solstice makes way more sense for Topanga. Um, oh, totally. And, and and I think that's that's kind of the cool thing about, I I don't know, I feel like when she said the true meaning of Christmas, that was kind of a red herring. I think we were supposed to expect her to do the Charlie Brown true meaning uh, of Christmas. I see what you're saying, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and she jumped into Winter Solstice just because she's weird to Panga right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. And you're right, maybe, especially like in 93, uh, this was like, that was totally like a, oh, that did not go the way that I thought it would go. Sure, sure, yeah. Okay, so uh, the boys mock Topanga and Minkus, and then they run off. But uh, even for a second, I thought that was really cool because we had, like, the four of them just kind of sitting. Yeah, the four of them are great together. They are so good together. That's all I want to see from this show is the four of them. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they kind of bully Topanga and Minkus. Like, they bully them to the point where, like, um, they say something, and then uh, Topanga and Minkus just, like, slowly and, like, head down leave the table. And I'm like, oh, like... That's, I mean, I know that the boys aren't intending to be bullies, but I think that's the kind of bullying that we were all guilty of, is that bullying that's like, oh, we're just doing this out of humor. We don't mean anything by it, but people are actually getting hurt by it. Yeah, well, that and then also it's kind of like the uh, the bullying where you just – you don't want that person there, so you're not even watching what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Totally. Okay, so from there, um, we get the boys. It's just Corey and Sean, which we love, and they are doing a Christmas tree update, and they're kind of talking about things that they think they're getting, and Corey is uh, convinced that he's going to get a real leather NBA certified basketball, uh, and because of that, he's going to get his gift a gift, and he has saved up money, and uh, he has five whole dollars. He said he saved <laughs> two months, was it? Yeah. I, I didn't know, but I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> that's the thing that's, like, weird about this show is, like, okay, so Sean, you know, his, he's, his parents are going through a weird money thing, but to Corey, five dollars is a lot of money. So, obviously – they're not that different. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, and we've talked about this. Alan and them, like, we, when um, Corey talked about the Super Soaker, they're not, like, swimming in uh, money. Uh, but I think this is, this kind of, like, parallels the childlike understanding of money anyway. And also, I don't, I always, like, usually go and look up inflation because I'm like, was that like a lot of money back then? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Something else we need to discuss. Did Corey not tell Feeney during the bet episode that he makes $5 a week just for going to school? Yeah. Yeah, what's so, that all about? No, he had to save two months for $5 and he gets $5 a week. What you doing with the rest of that money, Corey? I, you know what? I'm just going to say that Corey's probably impulsive and completely kept spending it. <laughs> Oh, man. But again, like I just to kind of put it in today's terms, because I looked it up, um, five dollars in 1993 would be roughly nine dollars um, if you. Wow. Like, All right. So a big spender. <laughs> exactly. It's just it's still it's still not a lot. I think that that would be a, a lot of money to kids a lot younger than Corey and Sean. Like if Morgan had $5, I can see her thinking it's a lot of money. But I don't know. I, I guess that they treat $5 like it's just like, oh, my God, how did you get $5? What? How did this? I look, I found it walking on the street like it's five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, but you know what? I got to admit, if someone were to hand me $5, I'd still be like, oh, 
What are you mad about it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so going back into the episode, uh, yeah, he goes, he, you got your gift a gift. And uh, yeah, Corey's like all about it. And he's just kind of talking it up. And then that's when Minkus comes back over. So Corey asks Sean what he got. And Sean brags that his dad really came through this year. But he does so in like kind of a vague way. And again. Well, because Corey was saying like, I think I got this specific item and this specific item item and sean was like oh yeah dad just went to the sports store and bought everything yeah he what? just went to the sports <laughs> store and bought everything and and that's again it's like uh this is the beginning of us seeing the hints of the rest of the storyline because up until this point i mean we had like the lunch thing but when you see sean kind of like tiptoe around it uh yeah it's just it, it kind of brings into light exactly what's going on yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't buy any of the crap he was saying about his dad giving him all those gifts. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then Minkus comes over and says that Sean still hasn't contributed the five dollars. Oh, for how Mr. convenient! Right? That Minkus <laughs> needs five dollars, and Corey just so happens to have five dollars. I was. This is no. I no, was lazy just, yeah. ass writing. This was my point too. I was just like, oh, so we literally just heard Corey be like, I have five dollars, and it was a struggle to get it but i got it and then and comes over. the other thing about the five dollars is that sean's like hey let's go after school and get this sweet ass net so you have it for the ball like let's get this right away that money's burning a hole in your pocket and Corey makes a point to the audience almost to say no 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 i don't want to buy it now i don't want to tip my parents off that i know what i'm getting i'm gonna keep this cool five in my pocket <laughs> Mm-hmm. In comes Minkus. Exactly. I, need five bucks. I mean, and I do like. I mean, I, I was uh, when I was talking about Christmas episodes, and I was telling my mom this too. When we were watching the the movies. There's always like this one little line of dialogue which explains why they're not doing the most obvious things, but it's still like the, it doesn't make the setup any better. But it's just not like one little line of dialogue where you could tell they were like. Uh, uh, this will explain it. <laughs> so, um, Mink is, after he says all this, Sean is like, a, hey, yo, I'll give it to you tomorrow. And Mink is like, that's what you said yesterday. And then Sean says that he spent his last $5 on lunch and he gets up and walks away. And Keep in mind, Sean just told uh, Corey and everyone else that he packed his lunch. Yeah, not only did we make a big show of them packing the lunch, but even Minkus looks down and he's just like, oh, what? Did his mom charge him $5? And For a packing fee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's it's a thing where we're like, clearly um, finance is going to be our subject of this episode. And... Yeah, and that I feel like that last thing was just like, hey, just so you... Just in case kids <laughs> don't quite understand that Sean's embarrassed by this, we need to have him do an obvious lie. Like, he's in front of the bag that he brought his lunch in <laughs> when he says, I spent $5 on lunch. Exactly. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, next scene, we get Alan is working on the Christmas lights and... Very, very, this is a very typical sitcom dad thing. Not a, not a bad thing, but this is just very sitcom dad of trying desperately to like put up christmas lights and like one bulb doesn't work or something short circuits it's, it's yeah it's you know, the nod to like national lampoon 100 uh, percent. yeah it's just like yeah and um this is where we get our b storyline and the whole family is in this b storyline it seems um Ugh. 
Yeah, and it is just that. It is a B storyline. You okay, so you feel this way too, because I felt <laughs> like this was stupid. Like Morgan killed Santa. No. This yeah. Is... Morgan goes, uh Alan asks if Morgan got a picture taken and she screams, and it turns out that Santa had a heart attack and Morgan thinks she murdered Santa. Um uh, I, I do want to say Alan makes a really funny joke here where he's like, Are we talking about eight reindeers pulling the casket? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean and for for a moment you like you don't know if like santa died or whatever but this is also like a very big christmas trope of like the little kid thinking that they killed santa or that they killed that someone who had a heart attack heart attack died because like of a very simple ask sure or like there something's wrong with them because someone got sick when they were around them exactly that misinterpretation of just like what is infectious and what isn't (laughs) yeah yeah exactly um but they quickly move on from that and Corey runs in and he's immediately going under the tree and he's taking inventory of everything and uh, yo question question for you about this because this is something i did not understand i never and i understand that this is not something all families do i never had gifts under my tree until christmas morning because that's when santa brought the gifts i never had like just gifts chilling underneath the tree for like weeks leading up to christmas i know a lot of people do that i just never i want to say so to be fair i know that like i have i've had different experiences because you're right that some families and a lot of families that like i visited on christmas they'll have that piled up but um i personally we always got our gifts like as you said like the night before like uh oh you're a christmas eve person yeah all right all right okay i feel you fam yeah because remember i told you we didn't like really celebrate christmas growing up and there was like no delusions of santa claus in my house so (laughs) you never believed in santa actually um this is like a a complete side thing but i remember early on and i can't tell you exactly when but like i'm talking kindergarten i remember having it um exposed to me like either i walked downstairs and i saw my parents putting things under the tree and my whole thing is like i never had like a freak out about it i was just like oh okay <laughs> i mean yeah i guess a gift but i guess <laughs> wow okay wow all right so that's all right it's interesting. it's always interesting to hear how different people you know do christmas yeah um but yeah i have a lot of people i mean i have a lot of uh spanish people in my family and spanish people almost exclusively do christmas on christmas eve as far yeah, as exactly. i've noticed um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah so i it's yeah and i think topanga later on tells us that she celebrates christmas on christmas eve so yeah, yeah i mean and um reality and just in terms of like gifts under the tree my uh Therapist actually made a really cool thing, which I think is like a good idea if you're going to put things under the tree, which is that he um, he wraps his children's gifts in two different types of wrapping paper and they don't know which wrapping paper is theirs until Christmas morning. So you can't count the gifts and you can't look at anything because you don't know which which wrapping paper selection is yours so i kind of thought that i was like a really cool way of doing legit this christmas i (laughs) i'm looking at all the gifts under the tree and they all have different names on them i'm like i don't know where to start oh no 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 they're they're all for you and i was like well this one has brian and this one has." she's like no i know you and gifts so i put 
other people's names on these gifts so you wouldn't think they were yours. That is brilliant. See, so again, I, the entire <laughs> Christmas morning, I'm opening things that are like to Sue and to <laughs> Carol and to, you know, you know. That's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> anyway, um, going back to it, Corey has taken in- inventory of his gifts and he's like, I've got three new gifts and I need to run until Sean. And uh, this is when Alan stops him and says that he probably shouldn't exaggerate to Sean. Um, but like Corey, in Corey's mind, he has to exaggerate just to keep up because as Sean said, uh, his dad went all out. And I do, I do really appreciate this because even to this day, I'm very careful to like on Christmas, like not take a bunch of gifts or brag about the things that I got just because I feel like it's rude in some ways. Like, I, I don't know. You definitely want to exp- like express gratitude to the people that gave you gifts. But I, I do see what Alan's saying about just exaggerating and bragging about things that you're getting because that's not really what Christmas is about. Well, not only is that not what Christmas uh, is about, but in the next scene or in the next second, Alan kind of replies that Sean was probably exaggerating. And we see in Alan's eyes that there's more to the story than than Corey understands. And, yeah. um, you know, Alan is kind of like even before I knew if Alan was going to tell Corey, which he does like the next second, I just can you kind of see that he's trying to like give them some kind of respect. You know what I mean? He is soft peddling the real. And it took him just like, hey, Corey, just just so you know, straight up. Sean's not going to have a great Christmas this year. And and I think that we kind of all kind of know those moments where our parents had to sit us down and tell us something like, hey, this is something you need to know that's real and that affects your friends or your family or whatever. Those those important conversations where you learn something like, oh, wow, life is hard for this person I know. Yeah. Um, and, And that's when Alan lays it on us and on Corey that Sean's dad got laid off and uh, selling tires. (laughs) Point being is he got laid off. And uh, how does this tire salesman get laid off? I wonder. I wonder like everyone else gets laid off, like downsizing. I'm sure tires plus like just makes cuts all the time. Corey says uh, off of this, Sean's not going to have anything for Christmas. Kind of like Tiny Tim in that story about Carol, which again goes back to the misunderstanding of the Christmas Carol. Uh, No, he just blatantly (laughs) didn't pay attention because (laughs) not only is the story not about Carol, Tiny Tim doesn't not it's not that tiny tim doesn't get anything for christmas tiny tim straight up dies yeah <laughs> exactly so it's just uh, <laughs> um but he being who he is he does uh and being who Corey, the type of person that Corey is Corey does decide that he's going to give sean um one of his presents so he does have something underneath the tree um he kind of undercuts it by immediately offering one of eric's gifts but it's still you know the thought if we we're going to go off of the thought that counts, uh, Corey did think of others and he did consider uh, consider Sean's Oh, feeling. yeah, yeah. I think Corey is very sincere in his like, oh, dad, can we can we give him a gift? Like, I think that Corey cares much more about Sean than he does about any of the gifts under the tree. I think that's pretty apparent. Yeah. Um, then with the, the next scene we get is Morgan in the bathroom singing Christmas carols and Eric I hated this whole scene. Outside the door. Uh, yeah. And you know, in reality it's so short and you can kind of tell they just needed something for their family to do and they needed filler. Uh, this is a really short scene and we just move on. So that's what we're going to do. You know, I wonder um, 
the actors that play the parents, I wonder if they ever got annoyed that they didn't get more to work with. I'm always wondering about that as well, because I've seen so many uh, child TV show parents and like other things. And I'm like, are you upset that your talents weren't being used to the max? Or are you just grateful to have a consistent you know job yeah i I think it's probably a little bit of both but i'm sure it's just that thing of just them going like getting the script and just being like oh so i'm just helping Corey bake muffins again like i mean if you really want to go off on this tangent uh my sister made me watch fuller house and yeah that's that full house is a whole other bag of worms yeah that's what i'm saying so it's like a if you want to talk about that that's a show where it's like you have people like bob saget looking at it he's like what are we doing today (laughs) we're 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 baking cookies or like we're what is this well i feel like full house they're just so happy to just be able to hang out with each other that they don't even care about story anymore <laughs> oh well um, no that's how i feel about fuller house yeah for fuller, sure. house, fuller house for um, sure, yeah. but like in full house i'm especially at this time i'm thinking about like again parents who are in child like or child gear yeah because you, you would have danny have those like those conversations with like dj on the bed because dj got like girls who made like fun of her applesauce at lunch or something yeah. i don't know and he's just like you know the music plays and he's like it's gonna be okay <laughs> like is he rolling his eyes does he care about his acting at all is he trying to does he have an actor secret like what's his yeah exactly and that's what i'm just saying so when you're talking about storylines like this i do wonder um just the actors and actresses that we see they always seem very grateful and and proud of their role um as the matthew parents but um i i do wonder if they amy could. and alan kill it and yeah, everything they do, they do. they're fantastic and i and I, I mean maybe just because i'm 30 now you know i'm thinking <laughs> more like yo why isn't this talent on my screen more? Why am I seeing Minkus squeak out lines when these guys are like sophisticated actors? I get it. It's a family show. I'm overthinking it. Uh, that's what we do here at Brummy. <laughs> <laughs> You um, right. You right. Yeah. So in our next scene, right after the Morgan and Christmas Carol a little bit, um, Corey goes and he gives Sean the gift. Um, uh, he goes from me to you, and Sean is like, "Wait a minute! Like, why are you giving me a gift this year? Um, we never trade." gifts and Corey kind of is just like oh yeah you know like i just i thought of you and all this other stuff and it's very uncomfortable when someone gives you a gift when they like if you don't have anything back to like if you weren't expecting it and you don't have anything to give them it, it's, it is that m- feeling of just like uh i i feel very odd and weird the, about all of this and that's weird for me because that's not how i am at all like i love like giving gifts or like doing a just because no 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 giving gifts is awesome i'm <laughs> saying that to receive an outlet or like a very nice gift from someone you weren't expecting it's just i feel pressure i feel weirdness i don't know maybe i'm alone in that no no i think mean, you're clearly not because sean is exactly like a, what are you doing this and um he, he says this is a line of like best friends don't lie to each other and i think it's because Sean really he knows that Corey knows. Sean's uh, been lying to Corey this entire episode. Exactly, and he, which is a very good point. <laughs> like, so what Best point are you trying to make, to Sean? You literally spent the whole half of this first episode lying to me. Um, Sean, is there a, a sports store underneath your Christmas tree? Because that's what you told me. 
which would be the sassy comeback we have now if uh. this was written today. Um, but yeah, no, he goes, I got you this gift because I didn't think you would get a lot of gifts this year. And this is when, again, being very stereotypical dude, Sean insists that his dad got him two basketballs and he's sticking to his story. Um <laughs> Two basketballs. Can you imagine such such life of luxury? <laughs> and then that's when Corey hits him back with the best friends don't lie to each other. Um, and 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 this is when which was stolen by Stranger Things, by the way, from this episode. Are you serious? I, I I'm throwing that out there. Yeah. Internet, okay, you can't just wrong. say things like that. We are a podcast <laughs> dedicated with like internet. Prove me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Sean plays dumb and. Uh, Corey is like, a, yo, I know your dad got laid off. And this is when Sean, I think Sean just worries that Corey's going to tell other people. Uh, and, and they get into this fight. And then that's when Sean says he doesn't want Corey's charity. And Well, let, let, let's talk about this because I, it, it's not that, I mean, they get into a tiff for sure. It's Sean understands that. Corey's not giving this gift for the right reasons and right why, off the bat. But like, why is he not giving uh, him the gift for the right reasons? Corey actually didn't expect Sean to give him anything back. I don't think it was the, it wasn't a gift back that he wanted. It was that here's my gift. Don't you love me? It's what Feeney later on comments on about, you know, giving a gift, not expecting a thank you even in return. Like it was, he wanted a, to feel like he did something charitable. He wanted that feeling for him not to actually do it. Yeah, and I, you're right. I get that. That's a very good point, and that kind of correlates into what Phoebe says in the next one, which is that you you wanted to give the gift and you wanted to be thanked for it and you know all this other stuff. But in reality, looking at it, Corey, honestly, in my opinion, he gave them the, the basketball with zero expectations other than thank you for you know thinking of me. Um, which again, I like. I have to admit that that come that that is short sighted because it completely goes around the fact that Sean has been lying and is clearly embarrassed by this. But I mean, I I, I think that Corey. I mean, obviously, it doesn't have the emotional maturity to understand that he probably shouldn't be pushing Sean on something that he's sensitive about. Yeah. Um, uh, he's a kid. What are you going to do? Yeah. And, but then Corey, that's when Corey says that Christmas is about charity. And, um, and then Sean runs off and Feeney has like shown up in the background because of course the boys were in the back, uh, backyard and Feeney was like working in his garden. Cause that's all he ever does in his free time. And Corey turns to Feeney and he's like, well, I can name uh, one sixth grader who didn't pay attention to a Christmas carol. Uh, and Feeney's like, yeah, I know one too. And then that's when we really hear uh, Corey again, kind of e- not Corey. Feeney kind of echo the message of a real gift is given without expectation. Yeah. And I, I think that's really, I don't know. I, I, I We'll talk about it more when we get to the lessons portion, but I feel like that's more something that Corey needs to understand before he's able to make that connection with Sean that he wants. 
Yeah, but kind of going back to what we said earlier, how does this reflect in a Christmas Carol? Like in a Christmas Carol? Oh, not at all. Again, the Christmas Carol thing is so throwaway compared to the rest of this episode. And it sucks because Boy Meets World is usually super on point with that. This is what I'm talking about. Like uh, the gift of the Magi, or even if you want to talk about the Grinch, which we mentioned earlier, those stories make way more sense in this context than a Christmas Carol. Uh, Scrooge completely only gave gifts and changed his behavior because he thought it would he it would change his outcome. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, the basketball thing. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Let's Why go. is this such a huge gift? Uh, I think it's just a, now. You're right. In a way, you would expect it to be like a, a baseball, like a or Super something. Nintendo would oh, be yeah. like a gift, like. Yeah. Uh, basketball but, uh, I think, hey, basketballs are mad regular like i could get basketballs anywhere <laughs> well that is now we live in the land of plenty and then also um i think at the time we are talking uh, we've kind of established that especially Corey and Corey and sean when they're together they are very old-fashioned and baseball is like their number one thing in this sports. is the first episode in the season we haven't heard dick about baseball can we celebrate <laughs> that can we talk about that at all like i am thrilled it's a christmas thrilled. miracle <laughs> <laughs> all right so in our next scene uh morgan's finally out of the bathroom and they they said that they coast her out with psychology and bribery and then this is where we get into a little part of the b storyline that i definitely want to talk about Morgan says, uh, where's the mean elf who called her a demon child? And they kind of like immediately are like, don't worry about it. You'll never see him again. Doorbell rings. Morgan's like, I'll get it. Of course, it's the exact elf that she was talking about. And we get this little mob stereotype from the elf. But like there's this there's a whole lot going on in this scene. The reason for the elf visiting the parents is so bullshit. Yes! This would literally never happen. Like, it's that thing of just like, hey, Corey, we have a professional baseball player in your living room. Just like that kind of like, this doesn't happen in normal life. Like, if you, the elf says, hey, I'm here because your wife paid for a picture and she didn't get that picture with Santa. I'm here to give her her money back. That's not how that works. They well, not only that, you. but where do you list your um, address? Your address. In this uh, yeah, when you go to take pictures. <laughs> Why would you need it? Unless they were like, it's to be mailed, the pictures to be mailed to you, but that's not how pictures with Santa that's work. I pictures mean, with Santa doesn't work. It's just, it's the weirdest thing. But can we go back to the demon child thing? Like, what's upsetting you about the demon child thing, Steve? First of all, who, like, the idea that anyone who would tell your child that they're a demon child. Uh, I've called, uh, I don't, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait, Maybe you just haven't met the right kids because <laughs> there are demon children. I haven't that said that they're not demon children. Them. I'm saying the fact that someone who works as an elf or as a Christmas character or anything. You're like, right. You're right. Like their job is to provide Christmas spirit. And here they are bringing up satanic children references. Exactly. And can you imagine, like, I want you to imagine for like five seconds going to Disney World and like Mickey Mouse calling someone's kid a demon child. You know what? (laughs) Yeah. 
I totally, you've made it in a way that I completely understand it. Cause that would be absolutely ridiculous. And I would be so upset because at Disney, you don't expect that. But what is Mickey Mouse, but just like a rodent version of Santa Claus? Exactly. So it was just like, a, I can't believe that they even did this. And I would have been like upset. They kind of like just sh- um, shrug it off. Like, for example, uh, Alan, when they do talk to the mobster, he's like, I heard you called my child a demon child or like my daughter a demon child and the elf just kind of like brushes it off it's like what are you gonna do about it and it's like a like what kind of mall is this yeah i don't know of any mall that gives <laughs> like personal like customer information to its employees to like visit their home i've worked at a mall before if i ever <laughs> contacted the customer outside of the store you get fired for that exactly there's so many fireable offenses in this storyline alone that i'm like just amazed but again, I, I always go back to like, maybe it worked different in the 90s. I don't know. It's a different time. It was pre-internet, bro. <laughs> yeah, pre-internet uh, and children's rights and like all this other stuff, apparently. <laughs> all right. So in our next right. scene, because again, we're just moving on from this B storyline, which is a B yeah, storyline. Uh, sure. Be going in, with it. <laughs> we're back in the cafeteria and Minkus approaches Sean. He's like, yo, it's tomorrow and I need that money. Yo, and- Minkus, Minkus is acting like Sally Mae right now and I really don't like it. <laughs> Yes, I like it. Uh, But he, you know what he does? And I kind of, I'm like a little surprised at Minkus. He goes, if you don't give me the $5 right now, then your name's not going on the card and everyone in class will know you're a deadbeat. Totally. As soon as he said that, I was like, Jesus, Minkus, this is a a Christmas card. Like, why are you taking this so seriously? If you don't give me $5 right now, then the entire sixth grade class is going to know you're a deadbeat. And that's, it's like, it's just, um, so from this, it's weird because it's like, does Minkus know about Sean's financial troubles? But he can't because of how the rest of it works out. So it's like, you know, what's funny when, when Minkus said that, you know how like, um, you're ever around people who like, uh, they make like, uh, like. I don't know, like racist jokes that are like not mean spirited, but then they accidentally go too far. Yeah. Or like, or they show you, like they'll show you something about their personality that makes you think, oh, maybe they actually believe those jokes. Yep. This is the moment where, when, you know, we have this back and forth between Sean and Minkus of, you know, future plumber, ha ha ha. This is the moment where I was like, oh, Minkus actually thinks less of Sean. Yeah, that is a, that's basically what I was getting at, and I didn't even know it. But you're right. It's just like a he essentially he, is like a I don't he think ju- a lot yeah. of you in general. I don't know your financial s- status per se, but I do think that you don't have it as well as the rest of us. And if you can't keep up, I'll make sure that everyone knows it. Yeah, and it just it really just rubbed me the wrong way because Minkus has seemed like regardless of being this person who's trying to do well and i i mean this whole like motive of his to be the best class treasurer i guess yeah that he's trying to protect it's the sixth grade man no one's taking this job this seriously well, i mean what minkus is and i don't want to take away from that because the minkus taking it this serious is very minkus like he's like they could uh what does he say something like they can audit me or something like that if, if. <laughs> they can audit my uh they can subpoena my journals yeah exactly says. yeah yeah so like the fact that he would <laughs> take a great it seriously <laughs> totally makes sense for minkus but it's just like it was very hurtful for just to call sean a deadbeat and yeah and i think deadbeat is a 
I don't know if that was a purposeful choice because they used the, the the term a few times throughout the episode. Um, but yeah, deadbeat is just so like yeah, it's just that's a very specific term. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He and Minkus is again very specific with his words. So I don't think that Minkus would just call him a deadbeat without the link to class that it that it has. It's this is so yeah. There's tons of class stuff going on there with that yeah. deadbeat line. So uh, we're, uh, we're calling you out, Minkus. We see through you exactly uh, but i like what you're saying it's just kind of like uh this does show that even though minkus has been saying these things kind of jokingly and we all just laughed it off minkus really does think of Sh- way less of sean um but as sean leaves and sean kind of like just accepts his role as this deadbeat which again this is the first time we get to see it and it's not the last um he- well, he Sean even says like, "Well, I guess I'm just a deadbeat then," and walks away. Like he's like, "I don't know what to tell you, bro. I don't. I'm not giving you five bucks right now." And again, so, I think this is something that we will deal with with Sean continuously. This like feeling that he's less than, and that people know that he's less than. Yeah, I feel like the show occasionally leans on that in a not so great way. But, you know, it, it, we're at least getting a fleshed out character. That's very true. All right. So then we uh, have Corey, who, of course, has seen this whole interaction. And even though him and Sean aren't speaking, he goes up to Minkus and he's like, hey, so Sean actually gave me five dollars a while ago, which is why he doesn't have it. And I can give it to you now. Uh, of course, giving his five dollars for the net um that he's he's saved whoa whoa whoa, whoa. you're saying that Corey had five dollars <laughs> and minkus needed five dollars and sean owed five dollars that's a very convenient story. yeah 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 and it all works out uh and then that's when minkus is like oh so you're the deadbeat and <laughs> again with the deadbeat thing it's exactly. like you know he has an extensive vocabulary you know because he writes feeny the super eloquent eloquent um card later on too yeah so you know that again he is using these words with intent yeah um and i kind of feel like he's using these words because he knows that the boys don't even understand exactly the connotation behind yeah you always kind of feel like he's talking down there's a lot of pretentious yeah so minkus um in the next scene minkus gives feeny the gift and we see it and i do like it's like a, a an encyclopedia or a dictionary or something like that um, and I just laughed because it's like, a, again, the internet has made all of these things obsolete. Yeah, I, I don't understand why the dictionary was chosen as a gift, because I have to imagine that if Feeney owns anything already, it's a, it's a dictionary. Well, like, but I have to say that only because I, I watched a lot of uh, older TV shows where they do this, where they have like, remember, every year would be like a new volume or like even now how Merriam-Webster has like their word of the year and it's added. Back then, you would have to get like a brand new dictionary. So, remember like watching TV and you'd see like encyclopedia salesmen that yeah, would go door to door? Yeah, exactly. Like, what the hell was that? There's an like, entire like, episode of Friends about it, about how Joey – um, talks to this door-to-door encyclopedia salesman, and he can only afford one of the books, so he gets the letter V, and he only... he I mean, he's read it front to back, but he only wants to talk about things that are in the V volume, and it's just... Which is, which is a great episode. Um... <laughs> 
Can you imagine if Wikipedia came to your door and was trying to sell you like paper copies of their shit? Like, <laughs> um, well, just so everyone knows, this is pretty much just kind of put that out there. This is what net neutrality is trying to do, making it to where like if you want to go see the letter V, we have that for like five dollars. But if you want information on like the letter T, that's going to cost you a little bit extra. So you know we want that T information, net neutrality. <laughs> you know we do. <laughs> so uh, you know. Everyone be aware of net neutrality. Just keep on talking. You can't do anything about it, guys. Just sit back and enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, all right, moving on. Um, Feeney reads the card and he goes, oh, look, here's uh, Minkus all the way down to Mr. Hunter. So glad that Sean's name was last so that it would be read out loud for (laughs) the purpose of the story. For the purpose of the story. And uh, which Minkus... Mika said earlier on he was like he was the last one. Owens oh, would be the last. They one for sure time. had to say it. they they wrote the script and then they went back and added that line. I told you there's that one little line which is like oh this will explain it. This gives reason for it. But with that, um, of course, Sean doesn't know this at all, and he's you know kind of relieved to hear his name on it. And class is dismissed, and uh, Feeney has this whole thing about like make sure you read the assigned books over the break. And Corey's like, no Corey one heard shops, that. No one, yeah, no one heard it, <laughs> which I like. And um, but Sean stomps Minkus right after. He's like, yo, thanks for uh, putting me on the card, nonetheless. Which I have to admit, according to Sean, Minkus was the kind-hearted one, and he took the time to thank him, which I think is amazing. And well, I think that in this moment, like Sean in from like this point on becomes the Sean that we fall in love with, because when he is pushing people away, when he is um, feeling really angsty about something, I don't actually think he comes off as very um, likable at all. In fact, I think he comes off as extremely unlikable during those times. But when you finally get through the walls of Sean Hunter and you kind of see him just having a more of a human moment, yo, that's where Sean is great. Exactly. And this is where, of course, Minkus tells the true story that Corey paid him. And he even, you know, it's just like a, he explained the story, the whole situation to me and blah, blah, blah. And it dawns on uh, Sean that Corey did this and that he gave up his money and he did it without expecting anything. And so we kind of get this closing of the the lesson that was supposed to be learned and then sean's like yo minkus uh merry christmas and minkus is even like really like (laughs) you you really want me to have a good holiday and he's like yeah and so i just think that was really cool yeah it was nice that they they had that moment between them because clearly with the deadbeat line there was some beef between them so it was nice. also throughout the season we've seen them kind of make fun of Mika so there is this like moment of sincere not friendship but just you know and you know what maybe that's the thing that I'm missing maybe it's that not that Minkus believes that Sean's a deadbeat it's just that Sean is so relentlessly picking on Minkus all the time. Maybe it just kind of was that moment where he had the upper hand and he kind of felt it. Yeah, you know, that's a great way. You know, look look at us. We come full 360 on Minkus. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) But yeah, I, 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 because in this moment, you can kind of see, like, he's not a bad kid. Sean's not a bad kid. These are just kids just trying to figure things out. Exactly. Uh, And speaking of kids figuring things out, in the next scene, Sean uh, has brought Corey a, a Christmas gift, and it, it's uh, a, a basketball net. And uh, 
this is when I like the little exchange because I would have done the exact same too. Sean's like, uh, yeah, you know, for my basketball. And Corey's like, uh, your ball, you do, you do the ball in my face. He goes, oh, so every time you miss a pass, we aren't friends. And they just kind of like brush by it. But there's like this sense of forgiveness and, and yeah, they, they, they've, they've totally made up. I mean, this is the first fight we've seen of Corey and Sean. It won't be the last. Typically their fights have to do with, um, they hardly ever have to do with girls. They almost always have to do with class issues. Um, and I think that, you know, every time, you know, we see Corey and Sean make up and get back together, we as the audience are, are rooting for them. We want their relationship to be well. Um, we want Sean to to kind of get over his issues so that he and Corey can have a successful friendship. But, but see, I yeah. think that I, I oh God, I have some doubts about this. Corey and Sean usually fight. Not because of class issues per se, like class issues are usually uh, maybe the vehicle, but they fight from a misunderstanding of their reliability on each other. Like, yes. um, and that's to me, that's what always upsets Sean the most is that Sean or Corey, to be fair, they're usually like, a, I thought you understood, I thought that you knew. Um, how to handle me or how I would handle this situation. And instead, you behaved differently and you've treated me in a way that I expected other people to treat me. Yeah, I think that when this happens where Sean gets the basketball initially, you know, everyone kind of talks down on him and he kind of feels like the world's out to get him. So for Corey to kind of, in a way, it's it, in Sean's perspective – Corey's joining that bandwagon. Exactly. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough stuff, Sean. All right. Yo, so, yeah. can we talk about one thing real fast? Yeah. Why are they acting like they are the only kids in this damn neighborhood with uh, a, <laughs> a net and a ball? Like, they make this, they're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, you're the only one in the neighborhood with a net. So, yeah, we have to play basketball here. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we we've seen thirty kid after thirty kid disappear. So maybe these families are like leaving, and Corey is the only one on the block. Well, kids are, apparently people are getting laid off left and right. It doesn't surprise <laughs> me that they have a a, <laughs> a heavy influx of traffic. You're right. The maybe that kids. supermarket's the only constant uh, business in the in the neighborhood in Philadelphia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So uh, the the boys kind of make up and then they play ball and it's it's a nice wholesome scene. Um, and then in our next scene we have uh, all of the Matthews family together. Sean, um, they invite Sean to stay over, but he says he's going to string up lights with his dad. Um, and he goes, you know, I think they ask him if he's going to be all right, and he's like, when you have friends, you can get through anything. Um, and, and they he leaves and. At that time, the film is together, and we get a little tap on the back of the door. And uh, this is where we get the conclusion of the B storyline, where the family is like, who could that be? And they get Morgan to answer it, and we have Feeney dressed as Santa. Um, and they they just kind of conclude it. It's a very cute little ending uh, where Feeney saying that the Santa didn't die. He just uh, had some undercooked figgy pudding. And, and Which, but, go ahead, what, go ahead. what is un, I don't know what figgy pudding is to oh, know that it I've was even undercooked. Yeah, no, exactly. No, I, 
But it's Sorry, just, think- you know, it's like a little moment of improv and it's kind of like using these Christmas references that we know. And um, they they all gather around for a photo with Santa because they never got their photo with Santa, which we heard earlier. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> and then that's when Morgan asks why Santa looks like Mr. Feeny. And you have like yeah. the whole in sitcom joke freeze frame. And that is our episode. Well, one of the things I, I did want to mention is that this is another Christmas tradition of Boy Meets World where you'll notice it, that the central cast will take a Christmas photo at the end of the Christmas episode. Ah, and that's really? how it ends. Oh, that's cool. Typically, typically it's, I mean, and every now and then it's, it's funny because you'll see like a character that's only there for that season, Mr. Turner. Like there's no <laughs> reason for, you know, those people that just are in that. But yeah, they'll take a big Christmas photo. Hey, everybody got around. We'll take a Christmas photo. It's a tradition of the... Of the series. You know what? I kind of like that. I, I love, I do like Christmas photos and, and things like that. So I think that's adorable. Um, yeah. So, all right. So let's just go into our Feeny Taught Me segment. Hmm. And I mean, discuss the lessons from this episode. What do you think the main takeaway of this episode? Is? Main takeaway, I think, is the gift you give isn't important as the reason why you give it. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I mean, just by like rephrasing it, I would just say that um, it you know you give with zero expectations. I think that's the the takeaway. Well, yeah, you only get what you give, according to the new radicals. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna ignore that and just keep moving on. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's not good enough of a point to end on. <laughs> but no, no, yeah, I, I think that's a lesson. I think that Morgan, um, I don't know that Morgan learns an episode. I don't know that anyone else in this episode. Well, Sean learns to just kind of accept, the, I, I think, accept charity. I think that was something <laughs> that was really hard for him to do. Yeah, I think that's a very good for Sean. It's just like, a, you know what, sometimes, you know what, I think, yeah, it's like a, sometimes uh, you got to let your friends help you out. Um, well, you really kind of have to let your ego aside when you're accepting help from someone. Like when you're in a bad position, like sometimes it's hard to to kind of like, you know what? I do need help. And clearly Sean loved the idea of having the basketball, but he just initially felt weird about getting it. So yeah. I think it just it, him learning to accept help um, is just as big of a learn as Corey learning what a gift is. Yeah. But I wanted to just echo that none of this is reflected in the Christmas Carol. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not a single of one of those lessons can be learned, but yo, if people are listening to this, let us know what Christmas book or movie reference they should have made that would have been better than this. Uh, maybe Gift of the Magi. I have, I'm not familiar. But yeah, like that, there that, has to be something. Give else. us your opinion because I, I seriously doubt um, this was the best selection they could do. Anyway, let's wrap this up with grades. Uh, TC, what are you giving this episode? Uh, C plus. Yeah, you know, honestly, I was only going to give it a C plus too. But I want to point out something. Um, I did some research, and this episode was voted one of the top uh, Christmas episodes um, in TV of the series, or on in general. In general. No, that can't be true. Yeah, this, no. this series has better Christmas episodes. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, one. Uh, give me one second. Just because I had it and I, I don't know where I put it, so give me a second. 
who put this on that list? Like, there's so many great Christmas episodes of television, period. I would definitely not include. This must be on, like, how, how far down does this list go? Is it, like, 500? <laughs> no, I'm going to tell you right now. Santa's Helper is, first of all, it's rated really highly on IMDb uh, for anyone who wants to go check that out. And then, uh, after a little bit of Googling, I can tell you that, yeah, in 2010, the Huffington Post listed this as one of the top Christmas themes episodes of all time. Huh. Yeah. And I, I was like, a, I don't I don't see it, but I mean... I don't see it. I don't see it at all. And even like, and I know that we're overanalyzing and we're really expecting a lot from these characters that, you know, at least I, it's hard for me to watch um, this separately from what I know of the rest of the show. Um, I, I, I still don't see this as being like, hey, it's Christmas time. We have to watch this episode. Yeah, you know, and I agree. Um, but, you know, as we said earlier, you guys tell us what you think to kind of wrap this up. Thank you so much for listening to Bra Meets World. Uh, TC, do you have anything you want to say before we head out? Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah. Happy holidays. Happy uh, Happy Kwanzaa. We're in it, <laughs> We're in it guys. Yes. Uh, winter solstice and all of that. Uh, we, we hope you enjoyed your holidays. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook uh, at Bra Meets World or email us at Bra Meets World. Also, make sure to uh, give us a little rating out there. You see you guys are starting to watch and uh just want to remind you to rate while you're doing so. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Extra Siege. That's X-T-R-A-C-E-E-J. And TC, where can they find you? Well, I mean, for over a year, I've been keeping up with Anna Kendrick retweets non-consistently. So feel free to dive into that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, fitness stuff, a braver me. Check it out. Um, also, this is our last podcast of this year, right? This is our podcast of this year. So, so yeah, we'll see you guys in our here. I will, you'll hear us in 2018. Yeah, 2018. Thanks for just trying this out with us in the in the past couple of months. Um, I'm grateful for those things. So. Yeah, yeah, great year so far, guys. All right. Great year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna leave that. <laughs> anyway. Well, yeah, you're right. Not a great, year. but I'm saying as far as just us getting this podcast. Yeah, started, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. We did yeah, some yeah. things. Let's just put that. <laughs> we did some but anyway, again, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, remember to dream, try, and do what do TC. Uh, it just do good, guys. Do right. good for the sake of Christmas. For the sake of of, of Morgan's dead Santa Claus. Do good, guys. <laughs> All right, later, bros. Later, bro.